We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. Today, we have Melissa Tooker back with us. She is our Money Matters expert, and we had her on an episode that went so well. We all learned so much, and we got a lot of amazing response, and we asked Melissa if she'd be so kind to come back. Melissa, I'd like to make a little disclaimer about Melissa. You know, she talked about how we all learn about our money matters and deal with them in our own time. But I think it's important to have a little disclaimer that Melissa raised her two children alone as a single mother and put them both through college. This alone is enough to make you an expert on finance. (laughs) Last time you were on after the microphone was turned off, you confessed to us that you got into this industry by accident. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I can. Um, Prior to that, I've done a lot of different things. So I was a professional athlete. I lived in Aspen, Colorado for almost 15 years until I was injured and that retired me. From there, I actually ended up in Chicago and worked as a stockbroker for two different firms and was ended up in the top 1% of the nation at both firms. So I learned a lot about retirement and stocks and IPOs and all those kinds of things. Then I came out to California and I wanted to actually work in commercial real estate lending and they wouldn't hire women at the time, 1986. I had credentials and they'd hire a guy right out of college. So I went into residential mortgage lending just thinking I'd do it for six months. Well, 26 years later, (laughs) I guess it worked out. Oh my goodness. And you were also saying how when you were doing this for the first time, you felt like you were overqualified. Yeah, it was um, it was extremely interesting for me because I came from, you know, the big corporate backgrounds and all of that type of stuff. And uh, I started to do it and I just felt extremely overqualified for it. So what I ended up doing is pretty much approaching every loan and every person as a problem to solve. What was their problem? What was their need? And when you do that, you just don't look at a rate and how much of a loan they need. If somebody does that, they're not the right person for you. You really want someone who takes a holistic approach. And not everyone's versed in it. I fortunately was, and my clients have been really lucky because I look at everything. Do you have enough insurance? What kind of debt do you have? Maybe we should pay this off. No, don't pay that off until we do this. You know, so you really have a financial coach while you're getting your loan, which is pretty great. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. People can really benefit from that. I could have benefited from that many times. I know I called you once um, when I was looking into possibly purchasing or with my son or he was going to purchase a loan, which which will happen again, uh, a, a house and get his money into a mortgage. You were super helpful. I thought this would be a great topic today because so many of us have 25 to 35-year-olds, and the landscape has changed so drastically in the past 
really 12, 12 years, 10 to 12 years anyway, right? Yes, I say 10. Absolutely. Um, that it is a whole new ball of wax. And a lot of us don't even know where to begin because not only is it overwhelming, but the criteria is just sometimes ridiculous. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that and give us some coaching? Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's such a different landscape than it was in our generation growing up. You know, it was pretty straightforward. You got a job, you saved money, you could afford a home. Whole different ballgames, especially since the mortgage meltdown. Everything has changed. And depending on what kind of jobs your kids get out of college, do they get a job? We have the highest percentage of kids moving back in with their parents out of necessity. Not because they're lazy, not because they don't get it, and they're playing, playing video games all day, because they have to. And, you know, that's just the state of where we are. I get a lot of calls from uh, different people about their kids in that age group, anywhere from, let's say, 22 up to 32. You know, either they're looking to buy a home or they're not sure about the whole college thing. And so we do talk about that. And, you know, what type of college loans should you do? Should you not do? How much debt should you get into? That kind of a thing. Well, let's talk about that. What is our, what would be the right advice for somebody that is having a kid that says, I want to go back, I want to get a master's degree, mm-hmm. that kind of thing? Right. So it's tough because I had two kids and one kid was ready to go. Uh, they went to a four-year university, but they also had a scholarship every year and financial aid. So she didn't come out of that college with a huge amount of debt, really not much. Um, they say that kids should not take on more debt than they would make their very first year out of college. And I think it's a good rule. Any more, if if you can, if your kids aren't ready, number one, and usually you can tell, even if they're excited and they want to go and I want to move to New York, my daughter wanted to go to New York. And I said, nope, you go the first two years here. And then if you want to transfer, we'll do that. Well, it, she was thrilled that she did not transfer. I mean, move to New York right away. She wouldn't have made it. They get too lonely. It's too hard. And for some, it's a great experience. My son, on the other hand, he went to a junior college. He ended up getting a two-year degree in music, which was a difficult degree. And then he changed his major and transferred to Santa Cruz and has a degree in international politics. Completely different. So. Yeah, I mean, they change as they mature. I know my son uh, graduated, got a great job in Boston, making really great money in finance, but really didn't want to stay in a, in a cubbyhole. So he his big decision after he got further down the road a little bit, a little more mature, was whether to get a master's degree or not. Again, to what to what you said. Good question. Um, to what you said, Joe Jamie, and he's still struggling with it. He's only got like a few credits left to finish, but now he's full force into an into his job, and really kind of doesn't have time. But he's so far into it, and he's paying for it. So now he has a big nut, and it really frustrates him. He gets a little bit annoyed and says, I knew I shouldn't have done this because now I've got this big debt. But we do still believe, I don't know, but I still think that all those you know arrows in your quiver are a good thing to have that in your back pocket, that you do have a master's degree, if depending upon what you're doing, but it can really be... A deal breaker, I think. It may not make you the money, but it, you know, right out of the chute, but I think it could still be a good. Yeah. I think it, I think it's really a hot potato these days because my nephew, same thing. He went to Wharton, 
which is the financial school, and he got his degree, and then he went to work for Wall Street, and he would have had to stop working to get a master's. And he was torn because his father had a master's, and oh my gosh, and I'll never be able to go further in my job. Guess what? He didn't get it. He's an owner in part of one of the companies. So I, I don't think it's a correlation that you get a master's. There's a lot of people that with master's working at Starbucks. A lot, a lot. So, and that's so really, the, that, yeah. It's really hard. So I, I almost think you can't give the advice. I know we got frustrated and finally just said, you know, it's just kind of up to you because it, it, it is a tough decision. I just hope that they don't. What, what I would really encourage your kids, their thinking is, do not think that because you've done this extra work and spent this extra money, you're going to get this extra job or this better job or this higher paying job. You hope you do. But unfortunately, it does not translate straight across the board. So then that is a big decision. You're right. No, it's a tough one. We could talk about that all day. We talked on the last show about the Tony Robbins money book. And it was so funny. I had given it to my son and he was living in LA at the time. And he too is a musician and didn't really have the type of income that would ever in his near future enable him to buy a home. But that's something that he is very interested in. So he made the decision to move to Las Vegas where he can't afford a home. What would be your advice to my son? Before he buys the home? Yes. Okay. So in his age is? He's 30. Okay. So that's an age group where they really are anywhere from 28 up to 35. I think I see a lot of young couples. A lot of times it takes two couples, I mean two people as a couple, to qualify for a loan anymore or be able to make those payments. Moving to Las Vegas was smart. I do believe in owning real estate. I believe in owning it as soon as you can. I believe in educating your kids as soon as you can and teaching them about credit, how to establish credit, what what is debt, and what are needs versus wants. Oh, yeah, you want that great BMW, but let's go look at this condo you might be able to live in. So it For really, the same payment. Yeah. <laughs> So it kind of opens their eyes, you know, and you create wealth with real estate. You don't create wealth with a car. It's a depreciating asset. But, you know, again, everybody wants to keep up with their friends. So I really admire kids, and I think it's the ones who are getting the coaching that aren't going that route, that are having, saving money and keeping things paid down and not going for the brand new cars so that they can buy a home, whether they're together or not. Well, you know, it's if I even saying that being in LA, it's, you know, no one walks in LA. When he moved to Vegas, he has a music studio in his home. He thought to himself, let me see how long I can go without a car and just use Uber. It's been over a year. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, I think we're rewriting the book. We are. I don't think, I don't want any kid out there to feel less than, or he's on the wrong path, or she didn't do the right thing, or I didn't go to a four-year college. Everybody is rewriting their own story. So there is no, you should have had a master's, I need to get one. There is no, I should have had a house by 30. You know, it's different. It's different for everybody. And that's, that's really first time in our history. You know, I was just, you know, you were just saying about how um, we need to educate the kids. Our children, unfortunately, we didn't really talk about money that much with them. And it wasn't until I did bring this book up that all of a sudden their eyes were open and they were like, wait a minute, wait, if I save this money or if I put it into this, it's the same as my rent and I can now instead own this property in 15 years. They're actually going to try to double their payments so they can even pay this house off quicker than they thought. 
So on that note, um, I think that's fantastic. And again, once they're educated, once they aren't educated. I mean, I, I, I try to educate so many young kids and young adults. Um, they probably right now, I wouldn't have them trying to double their payments. What I would do is diversify. If they can make the payment on the mortgage, they probably have income. They're going to need a tax deduction. I'm sure they're not up in the million dollar deduction range, so they're fine. Um, and from there with any extra money, what I would do is have them invest it. So now you have a balanced portfolio. And also, you know, if they are doing even better than that, buy a second property as a rental. Especially in Vegas, they could get something like they were renting and then and then rent it out. I mean, you want to buy and hold. It, yeah, it, it depends. I mean, typically you want to buy for at least two years, but that way they're creating a portfolio. Okay, they're creating wealth. When you go to just put all your eggs in that basket of paying down your mortgage, you really haven't created anything else. So I think that there's a use of money lost there that you really miss. I also uh, educate them on 401ks if they're working for a corporation and IRAs. Super, super important. That's free money on the table. And they don't understand because they think, oh, I can't have that much taken out of my check. But literally, it ends up being almost the same paycheck. But the money goes to them instead of the government. Wow, that is a wonderful tip. We may all want to have our kids call Melissa. <laughs> Everyone needs a coach. And, you know, they tend to listen to someone else better than they, they listen to us. Of course. Melissa, uh, my husband and I have downsized. We did a show, Joe Jamie and I just did a show on the upside of downsizing. And we've slowly downsized. And it's been probably now three or four times. And we've just gotten smaller and smaller. And now we're really, really super happy and we're living in this great cottage in California and we're renting because it is so ridiculous to even find a house in California that we found this house and we're just in love with it and I'm completely content renting. At our age or my age, is it really even that beneficial for me to put my money into another home to live in as a mortgage? Or would I be better off going and finding a property that I bought as a rental unit, and then I rented it out and that and had, you know, had the had the investment, but not necessarily for myself? Well, you would still end up basically with the same result. If you don't go buy anything, let's say you're paying $5,000 a month to rent. Okay, that's a mortgage payment as far as I'm concerned. And if I'm going to give $5,000 to somebody, I'd rather be paying my mortgage so that I'm retaining the equity in that home. In California, we've seen prices double in the last 10 years again. And it isn't a given, but yeah. And you have other benefits. A, you get to live in the home. You can sell it when you want. You have a tax deduction. You can do to the house what you would like. Then if you were to not do that, let's say you rent you're renting, and you go buy a rental and rent that out. You're kind of in the same position. You have a rental now, but probably it's not going to be as expensive or as maybe as your own home would be, and you can't write as many things off. So it's going to depend on your income. I'm just a firm believer if you can get into the real estate market, you get into the real estate market. And then earlier you were saying um, about being you know, diversifying, and what would that look like? In terms of? Well, you were saying if you were, if like our children were buying a home and mm-hmm. then they were going to diversify mm-hmm. and not pay it down, they would be diversifying instead of paying the mortgage down, right? Yeah, and you know that's like another show too because it's should I pay my mortgage off or not? 
Um, and that's kind of the same thing about what do I do with the money? So if you have two incomes or one income and they have excess money, I say you pay the mortgage. Obviously, you hope it's a good rate. If not, you refinance or whatever. Make sure that your credit cards are paid down. But you save some of that every single month. And it goes into a compounding, either an index fund, or you can straddle it across money markets and that. Because at their age, that's what they need to be doing. You know, if if people had taught us at their age, it'd be a whole different story. It'd be incredible. Now, going back to the renting, my husband and I live full-time in a motor coach and has done so for the last seven years. Wow. So we are probably ready to think about buying something at this point. Well, and I applaud you because, again, I don't think there's one formula for everybody. I mean, Lana is happy renting, and I think that's fine because if you don't want the financial pressures and, oh, my God, of owning a home and the maintenance, because there are downsides. I mean, there are... um, downsides to it, then, you know, that works for you. Yeah, I mean, the property tax alone in California and the insurance that you've got to pay. And then I think part of it for me, too, is, and Joe Jamie talk, and I talk about this in some of our other episodes, is we're, I'm, we're, my husband and I are pretty nomadic, I have to say. And it's sort of a nice feeling for us that if we need to move or want to move, we can just pick up and do that. In which case, a rental might make sense for you then. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think it will stay that way forever, but it's it's been nice. Yeah. And and in terms of you with the the, uh, mobility and how you guys are living, I think that's fantastic because, you know, I think people don't think of that option. That's a tremendous option to downsize, save money. And then if you do want to buy, great. But it really is a, a good option. Well, it's allowed us to really travel and um, and we just don't have the expenses. We don't, again, we only have one car for the last eight years as well. So all that money that you save, uh, just living for you know a little bit simply, has been it's been very freeing for us. Yeah, I think so too. And I think everybody's sort of trying to get there. I just downsized myself, and I had to do it in a couple steps, just like Lana. You know, you have the bigger house, you raise your kids in, and then you go to the next one because typically they're moving back in still. And then maybe you go to the third one. So it does go in steps often, you know. Um, And we're seeing that a lot. A lot of the mega mansions, I think, are going to become obsolete because of this. And I think people want to be lighter on their feet. They want to be able to pick up and go, you know, as we age. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's... The downsizing thing, like we did the show on, is is a whole other show for sure. But um, I think we got a lot of takeaways from this show. Melissa, you're just a wealth of knowledge, no pun intended. <laughs> and anybody needing some financial money matter coaching can go to Melissa's website at melissatookerfinancial.com. And anything we mentioned today will be in our show notes at www.ladiesroadmap.com. Also, be sure to write in and tell us, go to our website and tell us what your thoughts are about our money matters and your money matters and send in our questions because we are going to have Melissa back and we'd love to answer some of your questions. So thank you, Melissa. And until next time. Thank you. Look forward to it. One more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? So Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. 
Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. Mm-hmm.